You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Los Angeles International Church of Christ. Great to have you with us this morning. I want to welcome everybody. Welcome, of course, our family here in Metro. It's great to see you, family. Great to be together uh, worshiping God. And I also want to welcome all those who are visiting, our friends, our family, and welcome our family up in uh, the Bay Area and the San Francisco House Church. It's great to, to have you with us. And wherever you're from, wherever you're watching from, thank you for joining us. Hey, if, if you want, send us a little note. Make it in the comments right there on the screen or, or on the YouTube channel. Just let us know that you're watching and that you're, and where you're watching from. We'd love to know. We know we have a lot of friends and family joining us every Sunday morning and it's, we'd just love to know that you're with us. So welcome. It's good to have you here. And also today, this is a, a special weekend. This is a Labor Day weekend. So, uh, happy Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, it's a funny thing, Labor Day weekend. We, we generally, we, you know, obviously we celebrate every year and it's a pretty big weekend. You know, it's kind of the weekend that closes up summer and gets us ready for the fall and all the holidays and, uh, you know, getting back to work, back to school, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's kind of that marking. It's that point, you know, where everything changes now, shifts. We go back to school, back to work. And, and then very soon we'll be entering the holiday seasons again with, with Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and whatever other holidays we may, uh, celebrate. But Labor Day weekend is, it's kind of a funny one. You know, if you asked 10 people who, what's Labor Day weekend celebrating? I mean, most of us are not really sure. We know it's got something to do with labor, right? Uh, Labor Day. What is Labor Day exactly? Labor Day was actually a holiday that was started at the end of the last of the 19, of the 1800s where it was a day to just celebrate everybody who works hard, everybody who's laboring to build our country, everybody who's sacrificing time and energy and talent to build up our country, the workers. It's the the workers' day, and it's a day we celebrate, we honor those who work. It's a very similar to Veterans Day or Memorial Day, but it's it's not just the soldiers, although we, we honor soldiers as well because they're doing the work of protecting our country, but all workers, everybody who's out there working from engineers to farm workers, from janitors to scientists, you know, I mean, just everybody and, and, and honoring all those that work. Now, here's the funny thing. Cause so it's Labor Day, right? But the question is, how do we celebrate Labor Day? Well, we generally celebrate Labor Day by doing no labor. I mean, that's, it's basically, it's a fun weekend. It's a weekend of rest. You know, the, on Labor Day weekend, most people go to the beach or they barbecue or they hang out with the fam. They do a picnic or, or just lay in a hammock and enjoy and take some time to rest. You know, I mean, it's, it's not that long. It's basically Monday added to our weekend, but it's a time to rest. And that's a good thing. We all need to rest. We all need some time to rest. And the truth is, generally speaking, we're not very good at it. You know, even on our days off, which for the, for most people, they have Saturday and Sunday off. And, and it usually ends up getting packed with chores and errands and, you know, yard work and the car and all this other kind of stuff that we have to do. Oftentimes our weekends are exhausting. You know, I mean, we're so full. We're so running around and doing so many different things that even that and even just being able to relax and rest. Most of the time our phones are buzzing and sending us all information of what happened and 
halfway around the world, what happened across the country, what happened in the city, what happened in another state, and and we're just not really able to rest. We're bombarded with all this information, and and you know, and then even something. That, here's the funny thing: something we'll put on a scary movie or a suspense movie. We're not resting at all. Our hearts are beating really fast, and and it's just we, honestly, we don't know very very well how to rest. And rest is something that clearly has to be very intentional. It has to be something we decide to do. I'm going to rest. Otherwise, it won't happen. I remember when Michelle and I were young and the ministry, we were just starting out. We were told that Mondays, you know, that's the ministry day off. And and so, you know, the way we lived, especially many of us who've been in the church a long time when we were young, we would load up our schedules. We would, you know, have work, we'd have studies, we'd have discipling times, we'd just pack the day from sun up to late at night. And we'd do that six days. And then on our our day of rest, which certainly wasn't Sunday because Sunday was packed full of meetings and events. So Monday was our day of rest and and basically, that'd be the day we try to do the yard work, wash the car, fix the car, fix anything that's wrong with the house, get the groceries, pay the bills, you know, and have a family time. We try to pack all that into Monday. And oftentimes, Monday was the most stressful day of the week for us because we just pack it so much that we really didn't know how to rest. But rest is really important. Yeah, it's really important. And rest is actually what people don't realize. It's a spiritual gift from God. It's a spiritual act. It's something that a spiritual person does and needs to do. And and oftentimes we don't we don't see it in that way, right? We think and sometimes those of us who've had a certain culture or certain people in our lives that have never allowed us to rest. You know, I mean, every day they have to be producing, you have to be moving things forward. And some of us are just wired that way, that we just, we just, resting is so against our nature. And yet God calls us to rest. He gives us rest. He promises rest. I mean, in Genesis, of course, you knew, you all knew I was going to go here. Genesis 2 says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, on it, he rested from all the work he created that he had done, all the work of creating that he had done. So God took a day of rest. I mean, think about that for a second. Is it because God was tired? Is it because he was worn out? No, of course not. He was setting an example for all of us. He was setting an example for creation, that creation needs to rest. I mean, there, you know, and everything's supposed to rest. Even the, even the earth, even the land is supposed to rest. You know, you can't have crops on the same land year after year after year. The God instituted every seven years to let the land rest. You know, animals need to rest. People need to rest. It's just, it's how he designed the universe to have a time to rest, replenish, restore, refresh, and regroup, you know, and, 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 and get ready. I mean, he made it a law among the Jews when the, when God gave out the laws of what it means to be a Jew. I mean, rest was in that law. In Leviticus 23, 3, it says, there are six days when you may work, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. 
You are not to do any work. How, wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. You know, that's that's an interesting law. I mean, there's a lot of laws in Leviticus about things you can do and things you can't do. And, and it's even funny how he says it. There are six days when you may work. You're allowed to work. Which is kind of funny because you would think, well, wouldn't we love to flip it around and have six days of rest and one day of work? Yeah, you could say that in theory, but the reality is, no, we work a lot because we're always trying to get ahead. We're trying to make as much money as we can. We're trying to get as be as productive as we can. We're trying to get as much as we can done, and we tend to just go, 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 go. And he says, you, you're you okay. It's okay to work six days. But he says, but the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest. In other words, it's not... It's a Sabbath rest. It's a holy rest. He says, a day of sacred assembly. What does that mean? It's a day that is holy to come together. A day where to spend time with God. A day we're supposed to spend time with each other. A day that we are supposed to be renewed and refreshed and enjoy the blessings of God. He says, you are not to do any work. Any work. Whoa. Whoa. No work. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of funny. I think I've shared before the time I I took a, a an elevator in a Jewish hospital, Mount Sinai in Manhattan, and all the buttons, the flo- elevator stopped at all the floors so that we nobody had to push any buttons. Okay, that's a little extreme, but the point he was making is you don't work. In fact, they, the Jews would cook their meals on on before the Sabbath, so that on the Sabbath they didn't have to cook. Anything that had to be brought in from outside, anything that had to be done with the animals, whatever, any work that would be done. Because I know how we are. You know how we are. We'll sneak in work. We'll quickly, you know, even if we say, I'm going to unplug and relax, you know, and then the next thing you know, we're checking our phone for emails or texts or, or, and, and, and that's gotten to a point today where it's just, it is like outrageously bad, you know, that, that people check phones and emails and are constantly at work. People come home from work, but their work follows them home because it's on their laptop, because it's on their phone. And, and people are on call 24 seven, you know, which is really not a good state to be. No, he says you're not to do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to the Lord. It's between us and God. I mean, isn't that crazy? Rest is from God. A rest is a command of God. Rest is a gift of God. And it applies to everything. It applies to people that need to rest, to animals, to the land, which would be very clear, easy to apply that to our house, to our everything that we are involved in. You know, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 20, says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. You know, he's, he warns us, don't fall short of God's rest. Don't miss out on what God has set up for you. Because we all need rest. We all need God's gifts. God's gifts are not just random. They're what we need to be able to rest in him. It's what our soul needs. We don't pay much attention to our souls, but our souls need rest. We can't really tell how well our souls are doing on the surface, but when our souls are not rested, 
it shows up. It shows up in us, in our anxiety levels, in our emotions. It shows up in our tempers. It shows up in a hunger, in a desire, in a need, and in, in, in just being deeply bothered by things. In our, sometimes we become overly sensitive. When our souls aren't doing well, it absolutely affects us. And we need that. That's how deep our rest has to go. And that's how deep the rest that God promises is. It's for uh, our, our lives, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our souls need to find rest in God. And ultimately, that's what heaven is. It's the rest of God. It's God's rest for eternity. So we don't want to miss it. And that's what he's saying here. Be careful that none of you be found out falling short of it. You know, don't fall short of this. This this is way too good to miss. This is way too important. You don't want to lose out on this. This is incredibly important in our lives. Jesus was always concerned for his disciples. And he showed it. There's a little scene. I love this because it tells us so much about Jesus. And it says in Mark 6, verse 31, Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I love this because, you know, I, I, I've shared in the past, you know, I, how part of our spiritual development is understanding how much God loves us completely, entirely. His God, his, God's love is holistic. It's for everything. It's for our minds, our hearts, our souls, our bodies, our lives. He, he cares about every aspect of us. Recently, we did a, we did a Bible study on Elijah and how God took care of Elijah. And remember, he sent the angel who baked some bread or, or in, in my version of the Bible, he made him some tortillas there and, and, you know, just took care of Elijah. And he even told him, he said, you're, the, the, the journey is too much right now. You need to just rest and sleep. And I love that. And that's how God is. And we see another scene here, very similar, where Jesus sees, you know, he's been healing people. He's been preaching. He's been meeting all these needs. The apostles have been helping him. His disciples have been working. And, and he tells him, he says, he says, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. I mean, they were that busy. You know, we've all been in situations where just you're so busy, you don't even have time to eat. You're just boom, 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 boom. And he tells them, look, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Isn't that interesting? With all the things that Jesus is doing, he notices if we're getting rest or not. He notices our need and he meets that need. And he tells them what to do. Go to a quiet place and rest. That's what we need to do. We need to go to a quiet place and rest. It's incredibly important. It has everything to do with our spirituality. It has everything to do with our relationship with God. It has everything to do with faith. Our ability to rest, to recognize the importance of resting to recognize how when we need to rest, you know, like I said earlier, we, we we don't always notice it right away, but it shows up. It shows up emotionally. It shows up in our levels of stress and anxiety. It shows up in a lot of different ways. It actually will even show up physically in different physical ailments that we can get because of constant stress and constant anxiety and constant 
uh, weariness. Um, there's a scene, you know, that, that we all know pretty well in, in, in Mark chapter 4. It's when Jesus went out on the boat with the disciples. These are men who, who their whole lives had been fishermen. Their whole lives had been out at sea. But things challenged them, to, even them, who are very familiar with being out at sea um, or out, of, out on, on lake. That day when Jesus came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. Notice, the very reason he did this was to leave that crowd that was wearing them out behind. And he says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them, with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. So they go out of this boat and Galilee is, is a, it's a huge lake. It's a really big lake and it's famous for its fish. It's famous for a lot of reasons. I got to go there and I actually got to have fish on the, right there, right over the lake, uh, uh, fresh fish and good fish, man, really good fish. Um, and there's still fishermen's out, fishermen out there using very similar boats that was used to this time. But there's a phenomenon there that these winds, because on the, on, on the east of it is the, is Jordan and the desert of Jordan. Sometimes these winds are kind of like Santa Ana's. They'll come in and they'll blow and they'll pick up speed and a storm can just boom appear out of nowhere on the, on the lake. It's known for that. And so clearly that was happening. A storm shows up. And it says the uh, um, it says uh, that the boat uh, the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. I mean, waves are coming in, and when you're out there, you know, far from the land, that's the last thing you want to see is your boat filling up with water. And Jesus was, but look look at Jesus. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Where's Jesus? He's resting. He's resting. The disciples woke him. And said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I love Mark's gospel. Mark's gospel is the most raw gospel of all of them. It was the, probably the first one written. It's not very edited. You know, the other gospels are a little more polished. The writing's a little smoother. Um, you know, things, the situations are, are, are presented in a better way. Mark's is just raw. You know, I mean, they're freaking out. The, the apostles, the disciples are freaking out. They're scared. And, and they, and they, they yell to Jesus, don't you care if we drown? You know, I mean, they're just, they're, they're all full of themselves and, and they're afraid and they're scared and they're talking like scared people. Scared people say crazy stuff. And, and they're accusing Jesus like, how can you rest? How can you sit there when we might die right now? Obviously they've forgotten who they're with. I mean, they've just been seeing Jesus do all these miracles. They ought to know by now the power of Jesus. And yet they don't. And that's what happens. We forget the power of God. We forget the power of Jesus. And what happens when we forget? What happens when we're not aware that Jesus is in the boat with us? Well, we get scared. We get panicky. We get stressed out. We get angry even. We get, we get all these emotions. 
And Jesus stands up and he says, quiet, be still. And he calls the waves, he calls everything to calm. And then when the wind died down, it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? And you know, there's, there's, I want to do a sermon on just the questions Jesus asked. Because the questions always reveal a lot to us about ourselves. They always kind of show us where we're at. You know, he said, why, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? See, it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense that they would be afraid. I mean, if anything, they should have looked at Jesus being so calm and restful and known we got nothing to worry about. But of course, they'd forgotten who Jesus is and the power of Jesus. He says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? You know, uh, rest and faith are very much tied together. When, 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 when God led the people out of, of Egypt and he gave them manna every day, he said, you are not to gather any more than you need for that day. And what, of course, what did they do? They gathered more. They worked more. They did more than what was necessary. Why? Because they lacked faith. They lacked the faith. And sometimes we do a lot and we can't relax and we can't rest simply because we lack faith. We don't have the faith. And that's what Jesus made immediately that connection. He said, do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Okay, another big question. Another important question. Another question that reveals where they were at and how shallow their faith still was. Intellectually, they knew it was Jesus. They knew he was the Messiah. They'd already decided to follow him. They were disciples, but they still hadn't thought through who he is. Who is he? Who is this? They said, even the wind and the waves obey him. That's who Jesus is. The one, the one that even the wind and the waves obey him. In other words, the one who is Lord over everything, everything. And that is key. That question, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. It's so important that we understand that. Because see, the truth is we can't really rest until we get that. Until we understand that. Because rest and faith are very tied together. To be able to just stop and calm down and rest and relax. And understand that whatever needs to be done, God will help us with it. That challenges our faith. To take time to just rest. It's incredibly important. But to be able to do that, what do we need to know? To be able to rest, what do we need to know? Well, number one, we need to know God is good. We need to know is good. And I don't mean just rest like not go to work. I mean our souls to rest, our hearts to rest, our minds to rest. We need to know that God is good, that God is always helping us, that God is always working towards our benefit. Yeah, I know Satan is the ruler of this world. I know, Jesus even said, in this world you will have great trouble. I know, the world is jacked up, the world is messed up, the world is totally 
a mess. But if we know that God is good, he's good, means he loves you, means he cares about you, means he does what is right by everyone, including you and I. That gives us a doorway to rest, to be able to find rest. Number two, we need to know that God is near. He's not far. God is not far. You know, the the, the cliche is, I'm going to go find God, or I'm going to go in search of God. You You don't need to go find him. He's here. He's always here. He's always nearby. He's in your living room right now. He is with you. He is near. He's by your side. And if you are a disciple of Jesus, baptized in the Lord, his spirit is in you. It can't get any closer than that. But we have to know that. We have to be aware that God is near. He's never far. You don't really need to seek him. But what about scriptures that talk about seeking the Lord? It's really talking about focusing on the Lord. That's what they mean. That we have to focus on him and be aware of him. Had they stopped and said, you know what, wait, Jesus is right here. He's right here in the boat with us. What do we need to worry about? You think God's going to let Jesus just die? You think Jesus is going to let us just die? No, he's not. But we have to be aware that he's in it with us. And he is. He's in it with you. God is near. God is with you. And I'm I'm saying these things really quick, but they are a huge concept that's so important for us to understand. God is good. God is near. He is never far from you. It's a question of being aware. It's a question of focusing on him and remembering the Lord, remembering that he's with you wherever you go throughout the day. And number three, That God is working. Even on our day of rest, God is working. God has prepared everything. God labors for us. He's not just watching. He's not just at a distance. And he's not uh, unconcerned. God is good. God is near. And God is always working on our behalf. He's always on our side the good of those who love him and be called according to his purposes. All things work for the good. All things. He's always working for for us. You know, it's great to have somebody on your side. He's on your side. But we have to know that. We have to believe that. And sometimes, you know, and Satan would love nothing more than to make you think that God is far away, that he's not good, and that he's not going to do anything for you. That's the message of Satan. And he'll throw things at us to convince us of that. He'll throw the problems of the world. And the funny thing is he's the one causing the problems. He's the one that's messing everything up. And he'll blame God. And he'll make us doubt God. Just like he did with Adam and Eve. That God was really jealous of us. No. The truth is that God is good. God is near. And he's always working on our behalf. He does have plans for us and hope to offer us. And we have to know that, that no matter what our situation is right now, we can be going through through difficult times. And many of us are. 
God is working on your behalf. And God is not far. And recognize that he's near. Recognize that he's there. Jesus said this. And we'll close out with this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Who's Jesus calling? Who's he saying, I want you to be with me? All of us who are weary and burdened. And most of us, we got our list. We have our things. You know, the word for weary is is to be laden down. It can also mean mourning. It can also mean something that is affecting our hearts, a pain that we're going through. It can also mean loaded down, burdened, something that we are carrying. We all have that on different levels and different times. And the truth is, the older we get, the more things we get put in our backpack that we carry, that we get burdened by. And knowing how to take that backpack off and hand it to a friend. I was, I used to, when I grew up I, as a teen, I was, I spent a lot of time on the reservation. And I was, all my friends were Indians and Native Americans. And, and, and I remember that, that, uh, one of the, one of the elders in the tribe was speaking and he said that the, the, the word that they have in their language for friend is he who carries your backpack for you. He who carries your pack for you. That's God. God is our friend. That's Jesus. He's our friend. And he calls us to be with him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. He says, and I will give you rest. I'll give you that. I'll help you find rest. Rest for your soul. Rest for your heart. Rest for your mind. You know, some of us, we can't even go to sleep at night because we have so many things plaguing our mind. A lot of us do. Why? Because there's so much stuff going on. And we really have to get good at this. We have to get good at just giving it back to God. And that's not easy. That is, that's not a sign of weakness. That is the struggle we're in. Of learning to find rest in the Lord. Learning to give him our backpack. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take Jesus' backpack. You know, Jesus' backpack never weighs much. No matter what's in it, it just never weighs much. It defies the laws of gravity. It defies physics because it's the Lord, because it's really him carrying it. And he says, learn from me. You know, we, we, we follow Jesus. We, we, we learn from him. We learn from his teachings. He says, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That gentle and humble in heart, that's, a, that's that that's so incredibly important. That's that's the idea of knowing that God is good, that knowing that God is near, knowing that He is working on our behalf, even on Labor Day, He is working on our behalf. He says, and you will find, okay, not not you might or someday possibly, remotely possible. No, you will find rest for your souls, and there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it, like finding the rest of God, finding the rest in God. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a beautiful thing. What a great thing to be able to just rest in God, to be restored, to be replenished, to be refreshed, to be strengthened. What, where does that all come from? That comes from God and it comes from having a deep walk with God. 
You know, we've been talking a lot about spirituality and how to grow spiritually. That's what this is. It's a spiritual act. Resting in God. So, this weekend, let's rest. Let's rest. Let's enjoy our relationship with God. Let's enjoy our blessings. Let's remember that God is good, that God is near, and that God is always working on our behalf. And have a happy Labor Day. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy tomorrow. Even if you got to work, enjoy it anyways. Love you. Buen camino. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com 